This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada big, bada boom. Welcome to the 85th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our trailer roundup featuring A24's upcoming film, Marcel the Shelf. A little programming announcement for all the drive-in listeners. Uh, Instead of having our traditional Tuesday drop along with our Thursday recap of Moon Knight, we're bringing you four episodes this week. We're doing a Monday checkup and trailer roundup. A Tuesday review of everything, everywhere, all at once. Another A24 film. And then Wednesday, we have our top billing draft of the best baseball movies in honor of the start of the MLB season. And then finally, on Thursday, we will have our episode three recap of Moon Knight. Buckle up, folks. Thanks for listening. Howdy, duty. Welcome to the episode 85 of the Drive-In Podcast. Shout out, Chad Ocho Cinco. This is Dr. O on the Horn. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Ricky Flex. Ricky Flex, happy Masters weekend. Uh, how are you, bud? Good, good. We went with the baseball theme instead of the golf theme this for this episode. So interesting yep. on our part. But doing well, Masters kind of... Pulling away Scotty Scheffler, but end of the day, good weekend, good baseball's back, golf's back, movie theaters are still back. Movie theaters are still back. We went to the cinema today at our local AMC. Uh, Ricky Flex, I had a question regarding AMC. Uh, It's been about two years or a year and a half since we started to go back to the movie theaters, right? Following the pandemic, reopening. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. I think we have gotten to a point where someone else has to be the face of AMC movies rather than Nicole Kidman. I feel like it's reached that point where it needs to end and we need a new face. Maybe we just go to her ex, Tom Cruise. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good, good, good actor to represent AMC. I would love to see Tom Cruise's face and have him, have him with an opening monologue before I see every movie. I think that fits. Speaking of opening monologues or monologues, Kevin Costner. Ooh, that, that feels like it's in line with Nicole Kidman, to be honest. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think he'd be a lot better. Nicole Kidman just sits there. I don't know. I, I think you're right. It's been it's been a good run. It's time for a change. Yeah, I, I'm getting really sick and tired of seeing Nicole Kidman, hearing her voice. No offense, Nicole Kidman. I like most of her movies, I would say. But uh, I don't need to hear her before I see every Marvel movie, every DC movie, every Fast and Furious movie, or every A24 movie that we had the pleasure of seeing this afternoon. A24 on a roll right now. Colin Farrell's after Yang, this movie. Marcel the Shell. And then a movie about a shell. Yes, Marcel the Shell. I can't wait to talk about the trailer. Uh, with you, Ricky Flex, Jenny Slate actually making a double appearance for A24 in today's mm. episode. 
Uh, but I want to ask you, Ricky Flex, what have you been watching? Anything good that you can enlighten the audiences with? So, in light of the recent Will Smith news, I ended up finally watching Wild Wild West. And I didn't finish it. I did not finish the movie. Mm-hmm. It might be the worst movie I've ever seen. So we have to address this with our audiences because we didn't know what we were going to review necessarily this week. We were like, okay, we got Michael Bay's Ambulance. We thought that was coming out on Netflix. That's a mistake on our part. But at the same time, we're going to pay for another Michael Bay film when we know what to expect. Yes, it has our King Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie. Frequent listener, our probably number one listener to the drive-in podcast. But we refrained from that movie. We said, okay, what's big in the news right now? Will Smith banned from the Oscars the next 10 years from attending the Oscars, I should say. We have Kenneth Branagh as the villain, just got awarded his first ever Oscar for best, uh, best adapted screenplay with Coda. Original, or, original. Was it with Belfast? Original, original Belfast. excuse me. What did I say, Coda? And adapted, yes. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Best original with Belfast. Yes, you get the picture. Thank you for the correction, Ricky Flux. I made a couple mistakes last episode. Feel free to like hop in on me. Feel free. Yeah, I might have to start doing that. And you do the same for me. Just do it. Just do it. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Like I'd rather sound like an idiot and be correct <laughs> on the pod than we just like let it slide because then you look like an idiot too. That's a good point. That's a good, <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good spin zone by me. Um, along with Kenneth Branagh, we have Salma Hayek, who's in House of Gucci. Uh, that was obviously was that was present, I guess you could say at the Oscars this year. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, try, I actually did watch it last night and I was severely disappointed. I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't think it was going to be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It's up there. I thought it's we were going to review it. I thought we were. It's a nice throwback blockbuster review of one of the few blockbusters you and I haven't seen, but literally that I, I mean, personally, I literally think that was the worst blockbuster I've ever seen. They wanted Will Smith just to be like fresh Prince of Bel-Air Will Smith, even though he's coming off Bad Boys, Independence Day, uh, something else that would, during that time period. But it was just severely disappointing. Kenneth Branagh, my God, he probably wants to forget that movie ever happened. And he was a big deal, late 80s and Huge. into the mid-90s. Massive. And to see that, and like him and Kevin Klein, so Will Smith, Kevin Klein, that chemistry there just was not, I guess. It just was absent. And it's just the weirdest combo of all time. And Salma Hayek, probably the worst performance I've ever seen her in. You know, devastating. So in the first half of Wild Wild West, Ricky, what do you think? It was all over the place, not just from a movie perspective and making sense, but from a tonal perspective. You didn't know what tone we were going with because at points you think that they're actually serious. Like they're actually trying, but it's about inventions in the Western world but it's like satire but it's not it's just yeah. they just got the tone all wrong and every when i was just watching i couldn't help but just keep thinking he turned down the matrix for this I, that's he what i wrote down i wrote i wrote that down i was writing questions for the review we were gonna do and then i said will smith passed up playing neo for this movie like people talk about the biggest mistakes actors have made the biggest passes people talk about like matt damon could have made like 500 million dollars from the avatar from avatar or something crazy like that but this is might be the worst pass up if we if we if we had a top billing draft this should be the number one pick for like worst decisions made worst roles passed over future top billing worst 
roles passed over by Hollywood A-listers. That's definitely number one. Uh, but luckily, we actually found a theater that was showing everything everywhere all at once. The uh, highly regarded A24 film that is now sweeping half the nation because it's only available in like half the country, I would say, half the states. Uh, but luckily, it was like right down the street. It was playing. But it wasn't even advertised on the AMC app that it was playing. I had to search it. And then it was playing at one theater within the entire cinema, you know? So luckily we got to see it, but I think like a 24, their distribution of their films, I get it. They want to be like these classy broads that only a certain audience can see, but this is an Oscar season. This is an award season. Why don't we let the entire, the entirety of the country enjoy this original movie that is absolutely flooring audiences. Um, to me, that makes no sense. And uh, A24, like pretty much, they're not, they're no longer like an independent studio, in my opinion. We're going to the point where we're getting A24 movies. We were in the theater and we got like three A24 trailers before the A24 movie. Like they've gone commercial, baby. Like they know how big they are. And they try and have this like, uh, this perspective of being exclusive and like uh, this, like, like almost like they're put on a pedestal compared to these major studios. They're only saved for prestigious films. And I think it's actually being doing a detriment to movie theaters. And that's like the obvious business they're a part of. Yeah. And they, they don't go straight to streaming usually, even though like some, some of their movies do. So it's just like, you're exactly right. It's very, like very weird how they, they're so like film artsy fartsy. They honor films so much. This film very much in particular with a lot of homages in the film to classics but then again you're only released to like half the u.s and then the week before when it actually came out it was very limited like nowhere to be seen and it's just like you said it's kind of just ironic sucks yeah it just yeah. sucks and for us that are such like movie theater advocates you see a24 making consistent deals with streaming services i just want to see where they officially lie <laughs> where do they officially yeah, yeah. lie are they theaters so it, are they streaming if you're going to be theaters I highly recommend it because like A24 is where you see the most original products of film. And uh, I feel like that's where we won't see like the recognizable IP and like the big studio productions. You're going to see movies like we just saw with everything everywhere all at once. And that's going to get people intrigued to go see theaters that aren't to go see movies, excuse me, that aren't fast and furious that aren't DC Marvel, right? No recognizable IP attached. Uh, although this movie, like, I wouldn't be shocked if A24 had its first sequel on their hands. Oh, sequel. Wow. Imagine I think that? like, like you think A24, okay. What's another like similar studio, not yeah. nearly the same quality, but like Blumhouse, Blumhouse, they're a lot more volatile mm -hmm. Where A24, they hit every single time, but Blumhouse could have a get out versus the worst movie of all time. Like a remake of uh, like any horror movie. And it's just awful. So it's just like Blumhouse and all these other indie studios that have one banger, but then have a bunch of crappy movies, but then just have one banger a year. H24, like they have three bangers in a span of six months. So movie theaters is still where you make the most money, not streaming. Most money still comes from theaters, even in this pandemic, end of pandemic time. They should just keep doing this and then maybe do a 45 day window, shorter window than the 90, and then go to streaming. So it's more widely available, but to have so many bangers at the bangers consistently and to be releasing them in theaters, but not full, 
for the first two weeks of your release is just idiotic. Yeah, it just seems like there's such an opportunity there. It seems like there's so much lacking in creativity with like movie theater movies, ones that and they, if they go straight to streaming, we hear about Netflix throwing the bag at all these different uh, directors and filmmakers just because they're they'll be able to do what they want to do. It feels like a twenty four. If you got a weird wacky idea and you want to see it come to fruition on the big screen, they'll make it happen. So it just seems like they should be on board with cinemas. They should be there. So uh, I'm excited that we're going to talk about what we what, like the movie that we have in front of us. But for the future. I know we got men coming out with starring Jesse Buckley. And I believe that's also going to be in theaters. And then we have Marcel, the shell also was made clear in the trailer is going to be exclusively in theaters, which I actually love to see for a kid's movie, a 24. Have they ever made it like a kid's movie before anything even short of PG 13? No, no way. No way. And uh, this movie that we saw today also had some elements that were, straying away from the classic a24 films but ricky flex before we go into the checkup today anything else we watch other than wild wild west over the weekend mm, i rewatched Encanto. still rewatched rewatched yeah so i was i was with uh my girlfriend who hasn't seen it and some other people and rewatched it still still like not nearly as good as luca confirmed my my uh, original take not that like very average to good okay movie like it wasn't like anything outstanding the fact that it's gonna go down as an oscar winner is just crazy to me but it was a very weak year it just shows how weak of a year it was animated film wise i think we should also do a top billing draft ricky if we're still taking notes on that on uh worst movies worst movies to win best animated feature I think that would be a fun one to do because I think you can find some even worse ones than Encanto where Pixar has missed and they've won just because there's been a limited amount of movies, animated movies that came out that year. They just were all lackluster. Yeah, you're definitely right on that. Uh, going on, I, I want to talk about what I've been watching. I've been checking out The Dropout on Hulu, uh, Elizabeth Holmes story with Theranos. It's really good. I, I'm really getting into it now. I think Amanda Seyfried kills it as Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, I think it's a huge, if you are a millennial watching that, I feel like it's like a shot at millennials because it's like all these people who watch like Steve Jobs, like uh, in him, his ascension with Apple, you look at Mark Zuckerberg decades later with uh, Facebook, you have people our age that dream about, oh, I don't have to go to college. I don't have to do this, this, that. And it's more of a story of yeah, a person dropped out of college, went to a prestigious school, but ended up failing doing so. You hear all these stories about these people doing well and end up becoming billionaires. They're worth all this money. Here's a story of someone that was a fraud who tried to be a Mark Zuckerberg, tried to be a Steve Jobs, ended up was scheming her way to the top before she eventually got caught. It's a really um, entrancing story because like, you almost like can't believe how much Elizabeth Holmes was getting away with with the whole Theranos like scam and this whole business plan that she had so uh i actually am really enjoying it i know it the finale came out either a week or two ago and uh i'm excited to get to that point but there's a bunch of other tv i want to see i gotta see severance with adam scott more it's like a black mirror episode like extended into a whole season uh ricky flux you checked out either of those shows no just like severance is like next on my list like that is next Apple TV coming in hot right after the Oscars with severance, like good for them. Quality over quantity. Love to see that. And then with dropout, like I haven't seen that e- either as a business guy, I 
we'll definitely check that out because I actually do know the story. But yeah, like if you haven't heard of it, like this person literally dressed like Steve Jobs in the black turtleneck, like literally tried to be Steve Jobs in the 21st century. Changed her voice and like changed it, it yeah. deeper, tries to be like a like a she would like use puppets in meeting of. meetings, like weird stuff, like so weird. I will say if you're not into like if you have a hard time watching cringeworthy moments, that show gets tough later on in the season. Personally, I do have that issue, but the performance like from Amanda Seyfried is enough for me where I was like, yeah, it's worth watching. You know, mm. I don't like to put myself in that position, when, but when the show is this good, I'm going to ride, I'm going to ride the up. wave. Uh, yeah. We talk about severance. We got to watch winning time comes out tonight at the time we're recording. So we won't be talking about that. Uh, maybe we'll do uh, we'll chip in a little winning time talk during our moon night recap episode. Uh, later It'll be halfway the through the season. So yeah, that'd be a nice little recap. I do want to also talk about Ricky. I, I, I want to give a book review. How about this on the drive-in podcast? So for Christmas, I was actually given a novelization of Quentin Tarantino's once upon a time in Hollywood and uh, a novelization, obviously you probably remember going to Barnes and Noble or borders as a kid. And you seeing like these movies that are out in theaters, you see these chapter books that are laying on the shelves regarding that movie. You're like, Oh, I didn't know this was based on a movie. It wasn't, it was written usually by the writers or someone involved with the movie that kind of gives some background on it, but also dives deeper into the characters. And I know Ricky Flix is a massive fan of once upon a time in Hollywood as am I, this, this book has been a trip, Ricky Flicks. It's been an absolute trip. And if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, I highly re- recommend you reading this book. Uh, you could tell like Tarantino wrote it, which is cool. You know, sometimes like you could see it on screen. It's not just like, obviously the foot fetish that he has, but you could tell like what a Tarantino ism is. And it sees, you could see it being translated into this book. And like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they talk about all these old school actors, 60s, 70s, that were dominating the sphere, or they were just like involved at the time. They didn't get the credit they were, that was due. He mentions them in this book to a full extent. Like you could tell he's a pop culture savant in this book. And then also gives a lot of background information on some very important characters to Ricky Flicks and I, like we got Cliff Booth, Brad Pitt's character. They give some insight. I won't do any spoilers here. They give some insight on his character before he was working with Rick Dalton. The, the, um, I want, I won't say hijinks, but like the things he was getting into prior to working with, uh, Rick Dalton. And then also goes into the Manson murders. It takes you through a couple of the situations they were in and that whole Family was involved with quote unquote family as they worked towards the Sharon Tate like uh, point in the in the uh, third act, you know. So it's really cool book. They go into a lot of detail. Highly recommend it if you haven't read it already. Ricky Flex, I'll lend it to you afterwards. Yes, thank you. That would be much appreciated. Yeah, highly recommend. All right, let's get to the checkup, Ricky Flex. First off, Brie Larson and Daniela Melchior are joining the Fast and Furious franchise with Fast 10, The Family Grows. Next, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul will guest star in the final season of Better Call Saul. What a guest appearance. Next, Robert Duvall says he thinks that Francis Ford Coppola has approached Christian Bale to star in the lead for his next film, Megalopolis. Next, Carrie Elwes and Corey Stoll have been cast in Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Next, Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars and other Academy events for the next 10 years. Wow. Next, 
Warner Brothers and DC execs held an emergency meeting to discuss Ezra Miller's future with the studio. The consensus in the room was to hit pause on any future projects involving Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller had, quote, frequent meltdowns, end quote, during production on The Flash. Whilst they never yelled or had violent outbursts, they described Miller as, quote, unquote, losing it. Jesus. Next. Billy and Tommy will officially return in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Shout out WandaVision. Next, a Sherlock Holmes universe is in the works at HBO Max with two scripted series. Robert Downey Jr. is set to executive produce both shows. It is unclear if he will reprise his role as Sherlock Holmes in either show. Next, Chris Pratt has officially signed on to voice Garfield in Garfield. From Chicken Little director Mark Dindle. Surprise, surprise. Next, Harrison Forge has been cast in his first major television role alongside Jason Siegel in Shrinking for Apple TV Plus from Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein. Shout out Ted Lasso. The series follows a grieving therapist who starts to break the rules and tell his clients exactly what he thinks. And lastly, Craig Gillespie is set to direct the anti-social network for MGM. The film follows the Wall Street chaos after GameStop's stock skyrocketed due to Reddit during the pandemic. That's going to do it for the Express Checkup this week. Ricky Flex, which headline do you want to tackle first? All right, we might as well just get this out of the way. All right. Will Smith won't be appearing at the next Academy Awards. All Ricky. right, I was wrong. Hand up. I was wrong. I, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Hey, I am thinking, hey, they, sh- they should do it. They should do it. Like, I don't know. I, I was wrong. I, I'm a man. I'm admitting I'm wrong. I, I just, I knew it wasn't going to happen. He slapped someone across the face at their award show, their prestigious award show, where no crime had ever been committed on stage <laughs> like that before. And Ricky Flick somehow thought this person was just going to be up on stage, get a standing ovation as he approaches. Whoa, I, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen as he approaches the mic? Every person that won the Oscar violence. next year. Pro- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> violence, violence. Approaching the mic to announce an award gets a standing ovation for their win last year. And I actually said this spot on. I said it's 10 years from now, humble. Will Smith will be presenting the Oscar alongside Chris Rock. And this was the years lined up now as he's banned for a decade. And uh, if I'm going to save this clip, it's already saved on all social media. If this happens in 10 years, who knows where we're at? Who knows per, Who knows who's going to pick up the rights to the drive-in podcast? I will still call upon that clip, Ricky Flex. You have to. And I completely agree with you now that it will be in exactly 10 years. I thought it would be a lot Chris sooner. Rock. Yeah, I thought it would be a lot sooner. Clearly not. Unless they, they reduce the ban. I don't know if that <laughs> can I can't do that? just I don't know. You know what's pissing me off? I'll tell <laughs> no. you, Ricky Flex. You know what's pissing me off? It's not like your takes or anything. I like your takes. They're bold and they they uh they they garner attention and they 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 are ingrained in my brain because I'm always looking to prove you wrong. But people arguing that like Roman Polanski shouldn't have won an Oscar, right? Based on like all those decades that he was like that he had been exiled and things like that. He wasn't at the ceremony. Am I right? When he won for the pianist, there's no oh. way he would have to return to the U S so I get yeah. it. 
And Will Smith, he's still eligible to win awards, can be nominated, just can't be at the award show. People that are saying like, oh, these people do terrible things and yet they still are allowed to attend the award show. Like if you, he slapped somebody at their award show during the one night they have every year, he assaulted somebody. Like you can't just have him sitting in the front row the next year. Like, what do you expect them to do? Yes. Like people do terrible things in Hollywood. Everyone knows about that. Things get covered up, covered up all the time. But when you do something at an award show, I made the analogy. If you go to Fenway Park and you streak across the field, you do something terrible. You're not allowed to go back to Fenway Park, right? You assault someone at Fenway Park. They usually aren't going to let you go back to the stadium. That's exactly what's happening here. Does that analogy make sense to you? Or do you think that's a little too brash? No, if anything, it should be like harsher, <laughs> like not when you put it in those terms, but yeah. Okay. I was wrong. All right. You got to make bold claims on here. You got to. <laughs> and also, by the way, Roman Polanski was not in the U S uh, for the, his Oscar. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't 2002 or well, 2002 movie, 2003 Oscars, I think. Great movie, or, by the way, pianist watch if you haven't yeah, seen it. Long though. Um, but yeah, he, so he didn't obviously like walk on stage to accept yeah. it but that no, would have been like he's in role. exile <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's just no way it's it's not even a comparable situation like will smith could still get nominated like nominated and stuff he could still win and he actually has some juicy roles coming up if we look at his imdb <laughs> i think he happens. plays he plays like a runaway slave in an upcoming apple tv project so uh i mean that's going to garner a lot of attention him coming off an oscar with that type of role so i wouldn't be surprised any any, any movie with him as he gets older attention. And he, he grows out of this like action star phase that he was in, like from 2010 to 2020, you know, if he breaks out of that phase a little bit and then he wants to go into like this older stage of his career, a lot of times these action stars, they go into these only prestigious roles and these roles that are putting them in contention for Oscars regularly. Like I think of Paul Newman when I'm saying that like later on in his career. I could see Will Smith like being contention over these next over the next decade and just not be there at the Oscars, which would be wild. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take. But yeah, no, I think another thing we have to bring up that's been garnering a lot of attention is uh, people calling for him to like he shouldn't have won. And people wow. saying people were saying like he shouldn't have won. Because oh, take back that. his trophy. Yeah, like do Reggie a Reggie Bush, Bush and but then like give it to Vince Young. That's what people want to do. Like. Uh, Marshall Manhunter, Harry uh, Lennox. Harry Lennox, yeah. He said, he, you're the one that brought this up to me. Um, he wrote a column, uh, whatever, in Variety and said like they should give it give it to someone else. And other people on social media were like, oh, let's just go back to 2011 or 2010 and like get rid of like Colin Firth winning and give it to Mark, uh, Jesse Eisenberg for Mark Zuckerberg or something like that. Like doing a lot of takes. And I was just like, he still won. Like, like we can't just like be like not just give him the Oscar because you know, that was in my opinion, the best he performance, he but should he have gone on stage and done a speech? Probably not. That was the mistake. But to say that they should not have given him the Oscar, I think is crazy. Just an unprecedented moment where like, I would have froze too. Like, no one knows what to do. Situation? Yeah. <laughs> He's right and it happened there. so quickly. It was the next award. Like He's it was right literally in, like, and to go to Ricky Flix's point, the setup of the Oscars, he was right there. It wasn't in a row. It wasn't behind second row, third row. He was at a table in front of the mic. What do you think's going to happen? These producers should be ashamed of themselves. But uh, yes, we will be 
closely following Will Smith's career over the next decade to see if he wins an Oscar or is nominated for an in Oscar. In contention. And it's, he will be in contention. But no, right? think about it this it's way, like, though. Like, look what happened with James Franco. Obviously not the same caliber, but disaster artist. Was in line to get an Oscar nom. Won the Golden Globe. Then allegations come out right after the Golden Globes slash proven to be true. Is that when they came with, out? Right after the Golden Globes, after he won. And that just obviously couldn't go on a can- Oscars campaign. Didn't get the nom because people didn't want him at the award show. Like, and now his career is like, like, he doesn't make good movies. at all. He doesn't make yeah, movies. Like, no, no one wants to be a part of him. Like, touch him. So his it's best friends. like, holy shit. Seth Rogen won't make movies with him. So, yeah. So it's just like, crap. Like, what are we going to, is Will Smith going to get that treatment? Like, I don't know. Like, it's already started to seem like that. A couple of Netflix projects got turned down here. You are mentioning that one's still alive at Apple TV. But again, like, even if he puts in another performance like he just did, will the Academy recognize him and just like nominate him for the next 10 years or ever again? We don't know. I, like, I don't know if I see that. Uh, speaking of semi-canceled actors, I think we should move on to Ezra Miller. So Warner Brothers and DC execs, they're discussing what to do with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is tied into two major franchises with Warner Brothers, with Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter spinoff. And also he is The Flash, one of the faces of the DC extended universe, right? One of the only remaining founding members alongside Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot. Technically, Ben Affleck is still there. So Ezra Miller... I mean, he, there's been, uh, he's been, I think there's been restraining orders against him from a couple that said he barged into their room and said, he's going to threaten to kill them. And he also is like, uh, assaulted someone that was doing karaoke at a bar because he was there singing a song he doesn't like. And this comes after, I think Oscar's night. This is like a yes, it was Oscars night, it completely <laughs> overshadowed by Will Smith. He just won an crack. Oscar for the best moment in cinema for the year. And he just, it does that assault been at the award show would have stayed out of trouble. Maybe. I don't know what happens after the award show and everything. You know, he's probably getting in one. What <laughs> a year ago, like, or it was a year and a half ago. He was on social media. It was, it went viral. He choked out a fan in a very like controversial moment where no one really knew the context of the situation, but he was like just choking a fan. So it's like Ricky's flicks. What do you think is going to happen with his, future in the dc extended universe he's the flash he's only appeared in cameos and suicide squad and batman vs superman finally got his a little shine in justice league but now he's getting his own movie trying to spearhead the second phase of the dc extended universe like what's going to happen with his career as barry allen it's over i said it you heard it here first it's over it's because not just because of what he's doing and you hear the issues on set like everyone, Christian Bale is a freaking psycho on set everywhere he goes. Like you, you still get jobs. If you're a psycho, you might not get what exactly what you want, but I'm here is that the flash is like the one character in the DC EU where you could just grab Wally West and bring him into the fold here. You can grab multiple iterations of the flash. You could change up the whole character, but uh, like pert, like a non-superhero side, but keep the superhero side of it. Like that's a good point. It's easy. It's very easy. So, especially when they're bringing in other flashes for this movie coming up at, uh, later this year, it, this is just an easy fix. So get this hassle off your hands. Sadly, if this happens, restore the Steiner verse officially dead. 
this this is the official end of Restore the Snyderverse. Oh my gosh, it's done. Yeah, like the man who had the cinematic moment of the year in the Snyder Cut. The the only man in the world who's ever entered the Speed Force will not return to the DCEU. Done. He's out. Zack Snyder, out. I like that you bring in the fact, or bring up the fact that Flash has multiple characters, like multiple um, people that play him. You bring up Wally West rather than Barry Allen. Flash Barry Allen is going to open the DC extended unit of the multiverse. So you're going to have like Wally West now available. So you're going to have Ezra Miller literally opening up the multiverse only to replace himself, (laughs) only to replace himself, which is actually gold. And, (laughs) and, And when you think about it, like Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman 1984, that one bombed. And you only have Jason Momoa from the original, original Snyderverse that is now still standing after all these years after the debut of batman vs superman he is the last one and we haven't he hasn't even had a second movie yet so i mean just just cancel it right just cancel it you don't need it's over like you don't need shazam too like i know you already made the movie but like you don't need it like he's not pivotal to the dc no no they'll they'll keep shazam they'll keep that rolling pattinson is like in a different universe you don't need any of these stories you don't even need wonder woman anymore just redo all of it the multiverse is open my opinion they got supergirl coming along here from this upcoming flash movie you got michael b jordan's separate superman project there like you got so many different things going on it's so confusing at the end of the day the point here is ezra miller is done I, Mm -hmm. i think it's over too, he crossed too many lines and it's going to the point where like how much are we going to allow him to get away with without being punished in terms of his career like so many other actors have been you know right and so, now yeah yeah and now the warner brothers discovery merger is complete that deal is over executive changes have been made so like now there's like less studio issues like what's going to happen who's going to be on versus leaving that's all settled so now they could just make this decision saying, okay, let's put everything on hold. And then after the flash comes out, then he's done. There's some finality now to these decisions regarding Warner brothers and what's going on there. And uh, I mean, they're, they're finally saying like those who were a part of the film studio prior to like, okay, we disconnect here. And then some of them have strong connections to what was going on with DC previously. Now we have the future and it doesn't look, look, doesn't look like, uh, Ezra Miller is going to be a part of that future. Yeah. And just one last thing here, speaking of Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and also canceled figures in Hollywood. You know, who's just came out with a new show that's kind of like critically acclaimed right now is Ansel Elgore in Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. I wanted to check that out, dude. I went to HBO Max last night to watch Wild Wild West and I saw that movie was on. How's it doing right now? So right now it's an 8.3 out of 10 on the IMDb. Wow, that's, that's a fire score. Crazy. 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's like higher than like Moon Knight. That's it's like it's it's kind of crazy how well it's doing with Ansel Elgore being the lead. And like Ken Wannabe, like you know, Godzilla, Godzilla Doctor there, that guy. Inception. Um, Inception, the guy, yeah, the beginning guy. Um big Nolan guy. Yeah. So it's just like crazy how well that show is doing with a canceled culture guy. So right. it's not like Ezra Miller's career is over. It's just the flash with him playing the flash is over. 
you got to detach a little bit. Like as we go ahead with this DC extended universe and they want to have like new faces to like plaster on those billboards. You can't have Ezra Miller anymore on those billboards. Can't happen. Uh, I do want to talk about, speaking of HBO Max, I did watch Sherlock Holmes on HBO Max the other day, Ricky Flicks. Uh, one of my favorite franchises of recent memory, but uh, tragically wasn't continued following uh, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, starring Robert Downey Jr. We are getting two scripted series, spinoff series at HBO Max. So what do you think about these uh, film, these uh, idea of a show, Ricky Flicks, would you rather see a movie and... I don't know. Just give me your thoughts. And if you want to see a show, like who's going to star? So I definitely want to see everything because this franchise is awesome. The, how it brought in Moriarty and then just ended after that epic end to the second movie is just like, like, wow. Like how could we have possibly done that with such an iconic character, just fictional character in the world. But um, honestly, this is so easy, like very, very easy like what to do here. And one of the spinoff shows has to be Moriarty. Right? Easily. Because of the Jared prior connection. Exactly. The prior connection, Chernobyl, Jared Harris, he would do it. He would do it. So let him run away with a show. Set up this iconic figure, this iconic villain with his own show. And then after that, do a third movie trilogy, finish it off, Moriarty versus Holmes bring Jude Law back, bring Downey Jr. back. And then after that, that's the end of it. And then do another show with something else that can kind of like continue the legacy. So it keeps continuing on and like the show or like whatever, you know, you know what I mean? Like Sherlock Holmes, that vibe still continues even after the trilogy is complete and we get to see the ending that we want and deserve. So it's interesting because this movie came out in 2009, the first Sherlock Holmes, it comes right after... Downing Jr. Like, has his resurgence as Tony Stark and Iron Man. So he is wrapped up in this new universe. He doesn't have as much time to devote himself to Sherlock Holmes. And in a world today, you would have seen at least three movies in that franchise. We see Fantastic Beasts getting a third movie. You don't think Sherlock, people didn't want to see Sherlock Holmes 3 after Game of Shadows, after introducing Moriarty with Jared Harris. And I still... I told this to Ricky Flicks on the weekend. I, I like Game of Shadows more than the, the first Sherlock Holmes. I think it is so electric. The action scenes are way better. The, the score isn't as good, but it's still pretty epic uh, by Hans Zimmer. But um, I, I wish they were just focusing more on the third movie because I don't think the third movie is greenlit yet. We're getting these two shows, but I don't. I'm, we're not guaranteed to see Sherlock Holmes in the future of this franchise. Yes, we get Downey Jr. executive producing, but it's in the Sherlock Holmes universe. You got to have Holmes at least guest appear, but you also need his third movie. Let him finish yeah, the trilogy. And, and again, we talked about him not being tied down anymore, right? But the fact that he's executive producing these projects means he has an affinity. He has a love for this character, oh, yeah. this franchise. That tells me he wants to do a movie. And if Robert Downey Jr. wants to do a Sherlock Holmes movie, they're going to make it happen, especially with the rise of Jared Harris since Game of Shadows, because Chernobyl after that. Mm-hmm. And, Jude and, Law, <laughs> and Jude Law won't be tied down to Fantastic Beasts. I know it's kind of laughable to say out loud, Double but door. it's true. He's Dumbledore. <laughs> I will forget he's Dumbledore. Jude Law is Dumbledore, people. My God. Hey, 
I will say I was reading some of the reviews for the new Fantastic Beast movie. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as the prior two. So I might check it out. Not give not not gonna promise though. I might but skip, back to the, I never saw the second one. I might skip it and just watch the third. Yeah, I would I would say so. I can Sorry, give interrupt a little recap. No, but basically I see I see this movie happening just because not because of the spin-off shows, but because Robert Downey Jr. is connected to them, which which say which signals he wants to play this character again. But then then again, like executive producing, you're really hands off for the most part, you know? Like if he was like had it was like just it's, producing, that's huge. But like that's executive producing crazy. like like executive producing, that's like Christopher Nolan is the executive producer for Batman versus Superman. Like Christopher Nolan's executive producer for Man of Steel. You know, he doesn't, he like will have his input here and there, but it's not enough it's very, to change the trajectory yeah. of the franchise. It's very high level. He's not putting any finishing touches on anything or touches on anything. He might just say like, t- like the tone or the overall story. Then also just bringing in actors, recruiting. It's a, like executive producers is recruiting, but also recruiting for your budget, trying to get the funds for your projects. So it's very high level and also outside the actual project compared to producing. Like a lot of Judd Apatow, he's producing a lot of times to put in another perspective. Right. So it's just like, yes, you're right, but still, that means he wants this project to be successful. I would have been so he could star in another movie. I would have been more excited rather than seeing like Robert Downey Jr. executive producing. I would have loved to see Guy Ritchie will produce the next two uh, uh, scripted series. That would have had me excited because I like what he did with the first two films. The tone was perfect. As I said before, I love the score, the tempo. He loves to work though. So I wouldn't be surprised if like he comes on board. Let him direct a couple episodes. But I think Moriarty series could be good. Maybe it would have to be a prequel because it's presumed Mm -hmm. he's dead after the end of the second one. But then again, Sherlock lived after the second one. But uh, Watson series starts Yeah, I was also thinking, so another iconic character in that, not iconic, but big character in that Sherlock Holmes franchise is Moriarty's like assassin. Ooh, and who yeah. plays that? Arthur Shelby. Arthur Shelby, not going to be tied down with Peaky Blinders after next year. Or that uh, movie probably already was has been filmed probably. I'm not positive on that. But get his own series. Have him be the star of a series. Give him his shine. He's electric as Arthur Shelby. Let him be that in the Sherlock Holmes franchise. Right, but can, can he carry a show? That's the thing. But he's coming off Peaky Blinders, you're right, so he's going to have that availability, and he's looking for a series like this. He was awesome as the supporting villain in that movie, Game of Shadows. Him yeah. as the sniper. Very I quiet. loved him. And I totally forgot that was played by Arthur Shelby until you just said that. Like That was like way over my head. That was like, damn, he looks so much younger yeah. in the Game of Shadows. Yeah. He looks like, it looks like he's like 20. They make him look freaking. so old now in Peaky Blinders for a good reason. Honestly, he looks like he's like 40, mid-40s. He might actually be in the mid forties. I, I, he's old. well. He looks young in Sherlock Holmes. Uh, as we wrap up the checkup here, Ricky Flex, what do you think about Brie Larson joining Fast and Furious alongside the newly anointed Fast and Furious villain Jason Momoa? So, by the way, Arthur Shelby, Paul Anderson, he's forty three years old. Um, okay, so Brie Larson. She literally hasn't done a good movie since she won an Oscar. Franchise slave. Franchise slave. Franchise slave. I'm shocked that she would get tied down to another franchise. Not tied down, but like join one. 
because she's not the she's not gonna be the villain. That's what I don't get. She's not like Charlie's there was like, a previous villain yeah. showing up. James she's- Jason Momoa, he's already tied down to a franchise. He's just doing this. It's a quick one, one and done. John Cena did a quick one and done. Go back to Peacemaker. She's supposed to be one of like the Mount Rushmore right now going into the future of the MCU. And you're joining the Fast and Furious franchise? An Oscar winning uh, Oscar winner? That's just crazy. It's crazy. The past seven years since Room, she has done not a single good move. She's cashing in. She's just cashing in. I don't think she's good. I think she recognizes she's not good. She's just cashing in left and right, Ricky. Like she literally hasn't done it. Like I'm telling you, she did Kong School Island, right? Forget Free Fire, The oh, Glass man. Castle, Unicorn Store. Like these movies are trash. She did Just Mercy, but that movie's All like right. decent. Yep. But it's not because of her. Like that's it. Probably the like, third, the- fourth best performance in that movie. Yeah, because it's not a lot of good, like not a lot of characters in general in that yeah, movie. Yeah, you got Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx next to you. Just going at it. So it's just like her career, like it's not like dead in the water or anything. She's in two of the biggest franchises, the two biggest franchises in the world. It's just like sad to see like this person was had such high hopes pre-Captain Marvel. And now she's just, like you said, franchise slave. And on the other side, uh, Daniela Manquar, huge for her. Good for Not her. only the Suicide Squad. Her. Different story. This Good is for her. huge for her because Suicide Squad, that was like, obviously it was a dual release, HBO Max and in theaters. And she got probably like the highest, I know definitely from us, but from other people, the highest regards from the Suicide Squad as performances go. So this puts her on a bigger scale. Huge movie stars. It's going to get her to that level of like, yep. oh, I know who that is. Oh, I and she's not going to be dressed up and hanging out with rats and dirty all the time. <laughs> the next step so, after the breakthrough. You know? Yes. So this is huge for her. This is her like superhero gig here, even though she already played one or super villain, whatever. This is her like basic like for that career trajectory. Next, we'll see. Like again, to some serious roles here. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent I just think like she's just if if you had a Twitter poll saying or just had a answer my question on Instagram saying who's the most overrated overrated actress in Hollywood, a lot of people I would think would say Brie Larson. Uh, but like i don't even think it's overrated anymore i think people know it now especially now joining vin no offense sky furious he's happy about this i bet but joining this the fast uh fast saga this just staples that take it's not even like overrated now she's not very good because like she wasn't beloved in the mcu she won her oscars I, i i didn't think she was awesome in 21 jump street which is right before room you know, I thought she was just okay. I didn't think this woman was going to go on to win an Oscar or anything. And to see her go on to do that and then be Captain Marvel and have a lackluster performance in Captain Marvel. If we haven't even seen her in a sequel to Captain Marvel, you see, you already listed the, the films in our filmography that are just lackluster. Awful. So I just. We have mentioned I'm the out. gambler, Mark Wahlberg, the gambler. Remember that? Oh yeah. Another one. Another one. Uh, Ricky Flex, as we wrap up, sorry, I do want to mention one more thing. Something that's garnering a lot of attention on social media. Christian Bale uh, is seemingly revealed as Gore the God Butcher. I, I'm not bringing Francis Ford Coppola. That's a huge deal if that's true. I'm going off, a, going off a rumor of a Robert Duvall comment. So, like, yeah, hopefully he's a part of a Francis Ford Coppola movie. Everyone knows that would be sick. That was but, supposed to be Oscar Isaac, by the way, but he had to drop out. And uh, but I mean Christian Bale, Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I so know. I think uh, I just want to say Gore the God Butcher, a, a, an apparent 
um, image of him came out on a poster for Thor Love and Thunder. There's action figures that came out showing him. And it turns out Gore the God Butcher looks nothing like Christian Bale. He is covered in a white face and he has no hair. Uh, he looks very similar to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He looks like uh, the, the Grim Reaper. Yeah. So that's what he looks like. Uh, so people are pretty upset. People are upset. They they see Christian Bale is going to be in an MCU movie, yet he's going to be covered with CGI and then be in a bunch of makeup. You're not going to be able to tell who he is. Ricky Flex, are you upset by this at all? I'm hopefully thinking this is overblown, but it's just like what look at like Kate Blanchett, like when she played Hello. That was perfect because you had the unique helmet and suit, but it was like that's Kate Blanchett. If anything, it made her, it made her look even better. Like it was in, it was crazy. Here it's like it's making Christian Bale look like um, the machinist, but even paler. Like it, it's it's mind blowing how they would take such a like a good looking man, yeah, played the Batman and Bruce Wayne, and you're doing this to him. Now, if we want to stay comic relevant, I get it, makes sense. But what do we always talk about on this checkup? A lot of the time is Marvel recruiting these big time actors now. He's not just like movie stars, but critically acclaimed uh, actors to come in and you want to showcase them. And here you're not going to showcase Christian Bale. It's just going to be an actor behind like all the CGI and crap. So hopefully this is overblown, not like a big of a deal as that we're making it out to be, but I'm a little nervous. I, I, it does suck. It does suck because Christian Bale, you want to be able to know it's Christian Bale that you're seeing. And it goes into some decisions that are being made by Marvel. And I, I, like Bill Skarsgård, who is his career is on the up and up right now. And uh, he obviously Pennywise, for those who don't know from it, he was, you would think he would eventually have a huge role in the MCU. And then we find out like he was the voice of a huge beast in Eternals. And he'll, we know he'll never probably have another role in here. They don't like to double up appearances in the MCU. So I don't like to see people joining the spectacular franchise Right. This once in a lifetime opportunity for these great actors. And they're resorted to these roles where the audiences can't even recognize who they are. Totally different scenario here because he's the main villain, obviously, with Christian Bale. But you want to know it's Christian Bale. This guy was Batman. <laughs> you want to know you're watching the guy who played Batman in the MCU. You know, his voice is, is great, but it's not enough. You know, it, it's like it's not like, oh, Christian Bale is an iconic voice. You got to just be able to hear his voice. You don't have to recognize who he is like. No, it's Christian Bale. We want to see Christian Bale. So that's a little disappointing. I'm not going to throw a fit like these other people have because like there's a lot of people like talking about boycotting the movie and all this stuff. I won't go to that extent, but I think it is hilarious that he looks like the guy from Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a better that's – a, that's a good comp. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for the checkup this week. I do want to move on to a quick trailer roundup. We had the first trailer for Marcel the Shell with shoes on. From A24. It's gonna be starring Jenny Slate, who has a guest appearance in today's review with Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, the film releases on June 24th in theaters. Ricky Flix, any thoughts on Marcel the Shell? He looks adorable, sounds adorable. I I have no idea what's going on here. Crazy. If you haven't seen the trailer, stop this, watch the two-minute trailer, come back to us. Yep. This is nuts. Like, A24 getting in the kid game, but, like, also kind of sad. Time. Like, Pixar Inside Out vibes a little bit. Like, kind of mm -hmm. weird. Um, you know who's in this movie? Thomas Mann. Project X, Thomas. 
Yeah, is he is he a voice or is he an actual person? I think he's an actual person in this movie. He looks Huge like, for him. He it sounds like he would be a guy who would join A24 or something. He had nothing really for caught on. You know, he's not he's yeah. not as like jacked or good looking to be in a Marvel or DC movie. Right. Let's get him into like A24. Yeah, let's get him like, in the mix here. Yeah. But um then like obviously after this uh this trailer. I have no idea what was going on, but I was like, this is A24. I should probably figure this out. So I, re- I read up the synopsis here. I'll read it out loud here. Go for it. Marcel is an adorable one-inch tall shell who ekes out a colorful existence with his grandmother, Connie, and their pet, pet lint, Alan. Once part of a sprawling community of shells, they now live alone as the sole survivors of a mysterious tragedy. So these shells, what is, I'm getting at here, and what was in the trailer, were in a separate community inside of normal, like what we live in us humans on earth, they had their own like version of earth and now they all died. And it's just the, these, the last couple shells. And we're just accepting that very weird, but okay, let's roll with it. A 24. So what I'm getting a vibe of, it's going to sound weird. It's like elf mixed with Ted where it's like elf. Like I'm going to find, see you later, buddy. Yeah. Good, luck, good luck finding your dad. He's like trying to find his family, but then Ted, because he's like showing up on talk shows, talking about like his experience as this non-human who's able to communicate with humans. So I'm just like, this is like, so a 24, if they, if they were going to get into like the child children's movies game, you know, this seems like right up their alley because the appearance of the shell, he looks so weird, but also so adorable at the same time. He was only got one eye and uh, it just feels like someone, an A24 uh, or just a filmmaker had an idea to pitch. They had went to a party one night. They're staying up at 2 AM. Who knows what kind of substances are flying around. And they said, let's make a movie about Marcel, the shell. Marcel, make it a little wackier than what Pixar would have been. Great name rhymes with shell fantastic and again like i could see this just being a24 like him just not find family and they're like they're like dead <laughs> yeah I, just like tragic ending <laughs> yeah like, am i crazy it's like so sad <laughs> i think they would do that like if i had to put like a bold take here that have been, have been going well recently will smith i'll say he doesn't find his family or he finds out. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. We should bet Ricky, like whether he's gonna find his family. I'll say he does. You say he doesn't. All right? Okay. We'll, we'll put we'll put a uh, we'll we'll think of a wager that we can put movie on. ticket. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's a, that's perfect. All right, let's just cut it there. Uh, Jenny Slate also gonna star in Marcel the Shell, and uh, yeah, Chris Evans' former girlfriend. I feel like that's all she's known for, you know? Uh, so, but it's good that she's like getting her name out there. She's obviously in the supporting movie that we're about to review supporting. Uh, she's a supporting cast member in the movie we're about to review. So uh, we'll get to that. Anything else on Marcel, the shell with shoes on. With shoes on. Um, no, I, I'm actually excited to see this now. Cause I need to know if this take is, or this prediction is going to come true. Uh, that's it for our episode. Make sure you tune in to our releases later on in the week. We got, Tuesday drop everything everywhere all at once review. We got our Wednesday top billing draft of best baseball movies. And then we have our Thursday episode, Moon Knight recap, episode three. Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure you are following us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the whole shebang. Make sure you follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Drive-In Podcast. 
That's going to do it for episode 85. Until next time, we will. Be.